Hey, Bob. Hey, Nicole. So excited to have you along to help me re-energize the Men Becoming Better Men podcast. I mean, it's been good so far, but I want, what I really want to do is make a deeper impact with my brothers who are struggling with shame, lust, anger, purpose, and respect. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? We are going to start speaking about those harder topics that you just mentioned and the topics that some podcasters may shy away from, you know, but really need to be heard like the inner child needs and how addiction is taught through abuse. Yeah, and while bringing both the male and female perspective, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, totally agree with you. So with that being said, buckle up, men. Grab a notebook and a pen so you can gather some tools, tips, and success stories on the Men Becoming Better Men podcast. Hello, and welcome back to the Men Becoming Better Men podcast. I am your host, Nicole Harmony. My co-host, Bob Wisher, is under the weather today, so we do wish him a healthy and speedy recovery. But I just kind of want to go back to our previous episode where we discussed anger and how it may be playing out in our relationships and even our everyday lives. And, you know, basically just kind of essentially blocking us from the life that we deserve, you know, living the life that we deserve. But today I want to unpack rage and what is essentially rage. You know, it's essentially anger that has been continually suppressed and disassociated. And this makes me think of a post that I did on my social media recently regarding anger and rage and how the engagement that I received was just not quite what I thought it was going to be. <laughs> um, There's a lot of shaming going on, a lot of judgment going on in the comments, and uh, people were essentially sharing how they would just spiritually bypass these emotions. And, you know, just allow me to share that if these particular emotions of anger and rage are not released from your body in a healthy way, then an explosion is inevitable. And this can look like violence or even a mental breakdown. And that's just to name a couple of ways. So I want you to kind of think about, you know, like a soda bottle. You shake it up and you shake it up and you shake it up. And when you remove the cap, it explodes. And you don't really want to get to that point, right? In your life, you want to strive to be the water bottle, you know, where you can shake the water bottle and shake it multiple times. And when you remove the cap, the water is still, there's no reaction, right? So, um, and someone who is familiar with this concept is my guest today. This is Steve Love. He is joining us from Texas and he is a previous mentor of mine. And I credit him for guiding me on the journey of stepping into the space to serve the men. Sometimes I want to punch him in the face for it. Sometimes not. Sometimes I want to hug him. <laughs> but um, so let me just read a little bit of his bio. He in his early 20s, he started out his first consulting business and he was getting clients online for over two decades me included. And he's worked and consulted with some of the works top, the, I'm sorry, the world's top companies like Microsoft and Cisco Systems, Costco, the Virginia government and the Mega Millions Lotto. And he experienced a profound awakening, which is why he is our guest today, uh, almost 10 years ago. And that completely shifted who he worked with and why he does the work that he does today. And he currently helps coaches attract clients and scale their coaching businesses. And he incorporates his 20 plus years of consulting businesses into his co coaching and consulting while continuing to integrate his spiritual strategies and unique 
coaching to bringing it to the coaching space in the industry. So allow me to welcome Steve Love to the podcast of Men Becoming Better Men. Thank you so much, Steve, for being here. I'm so excited to dive into this with you. Of course. Thank you for the invitation. I'm super excited to dig in. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, let's just start by talking about, we, we were talking a little bit about on the episode prior to that, um, there's four stages of anger. And this is something that I wasn't even aware of. So, you know, please share your, share your knowledge with us. Yeah, like I was sharing with you earlier, I was on a date and I was kind of sharing my story of anger. And I realized that there's like four different stages of anger. And I think it's important. I think a lot of times when it comes to anger, it's just kind of like, don't be angry and just go to the enlightened state. But Mm -hmm. as with everything, just like with grief, there's five stages of grief, right? And it's important to know where you're at in that process. So that way you can see what the next stage is because it just often doesn't happen. You're like, okay, well, I'm just going to, I'm angry. I got to fix it. And I'm just going to be like Zen and blissful and enlightened without kind of going through that process. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, uh, people in our community, in our space, we, we try and we strive to just be these very Zen type of people, right? Like nothing gets to us and that's not actually true. And and it may not even be ours. You know, that's something that I found recently is that we're carrying a lot of our ancestral lineage and a lot of our ancestral trauma. And just because we know that it didn't happen to us doesn't mean that it's not living in ourselves. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, carried over into our DNA. Yeah, yeah. And what happens when we don't release that, that's, that's when the chronic illness, that's when the chronic disease, the chronic pain, um, that, you know, we can sit there and be manifesting, have our vision boards and all kinds of stuff, but they're blocking us from living the life that we deserve. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, so let's talk about the four stages of anger. Yeah, absolutely. I think that it would be valuable to just kind of first share what, where my journey started and then I can kind of piece together the different experiences I had yeah. in different stages. And Perfect. so, you know, like you had mentioned in my bio, I was, you know, I was a consultant for 20 years. I was married for 20 years, three amazing, beautiful boys, but I also had a very extreme drug habit. One year at my worst, I had a hundred thousand uh, dollar drug habit over the course mm. of over a hundred thousand dollars. And I had been suppressing a lot, not only just anger, I was suppressing the core emotions because really it's the core emotions that once they're not identified or expressed or dealt with, they turn it, turn into anger. And a lot of times that's, you know, not being heard by your family or told that you're wrong or whatever it is. And so we learn to not acknowledge them and it builds up into this resentment and anger. And like you said earlier, just like, it's like the, the soda bottle that you shake up. And I had been, you know, medicating very much of how I felt for, for decades. And even before that, you know, I was like the angry, uh, punk rock teenager that was just kind of resisting the system. And a lot of 
truths that I knew to be true and around freedom and getting put in the school system and all this stuff that just wasn't natural to me. And I was kind of told that, hey, you need to fit in this box or or else, you know, you're you're not good enough to be in this box. Mm-hmm. And we're conditioned, especially as men, like our primal instincts and our natural way of being is actually vilified in a lot of different ways. And we bring on a lot of different con- conditioning. And so we have different ways of coping with it. But at the end of the day, our natural state is, is suppressed because we're just taught that through parents, schools, corporate um, relationships, women, even other men. And mm-hmm. so we pick up this programming and this is all like generational too, where we've been dealing with this for many, many generations. Yeah. And, and so anyway, so as going through this, you know, uh, you know, the angry punk rock kid to being married and, and having the career and all the different things and, and just trying the best I could to cope with how I was feeling. Cause at the end of the day, I couldn't feel it or I wasn't felt like I wasn't allowed to or whatever. And so after I was, I had moved to, to Texas after an attempt to kind of clean up my life. And I had suspected my wife at the time was having an affair and stuff like that. And, but I didn't really know. And there was, there was a, a, a time period when I, I kind of went out on a, it was actually my my last time out and went on a binge where I was up for three days and my wife at the time and I were using together and but I had this like suspicion that like she was cheating on me but I had but she just wouldn't tell me the truth I was like hey like just tell me the truth and we can figure it out and again it was like my internal knowing knew that I had no, like, I, it was like, my knowing was over here and my mind was over here and I couldn't Mm -hmm. reconcile it. I couldn't, I didn't even really know to listen to that voice and just that the voice was really the voice of God and, and telling me what I need to know. And, but I just couldn't, I didn't have that relationship. And, and so after a, a bit of time, I ended up, you know, relapsing again. I was trying to stay clean and, but there was that that dissonance in my system that I just, I just couldn't reconcile. And so I ended up kind of going out in, in one last, what one last uh, binge. And I actually found out why I was coming down after being up for like three days that like, Mm -hmm. I actually had the proof that I needed. And I've got to tell you, I don't know if it was, it was just like all of the feelings that have been suppressed and betrayal and just every negative emotion you can think of like just was in that moment when I found out and it was so bad that I I ran downstairs and I grabbed my gun I put it to my head and I'm like Mm -hmm. I'm fucking done living like this I will kill myself if that's what I got to do and that's how bad things had become because it was just that cycle of you know, and I was like in this, like, I love your analogy with shaking, shaking up the soda bottle. It was like during the week, I would go to work and suppress everything and shake up the bottle. And then Friday or Saturday comes around. I'm like, it's going to blow up either by me um, getting in a huge fight or some blowout or using 
or whatever it was. And it was like every weekend, my life just became like this destructive mess. And mm-hmm. then I could go to work on Monday, like everything was fine. And then, so I was sitting there with the gun to my head and I'm just like, yes or no, what am I supposed to do? And I was just told by spirit that I'm here to serve other people. And I had no idea. I'm like, okay, I guess I'm going to be a better father and a better husband. And this is where the programming really kicked in because like, I thought that like I was broken. I was the wrong one. I wasn't good enough. I pushed her away through my using or I did it and let me as the man, I'm going to go fix everything. And it's like, I can't fix everything. Like, it's a relationship. It takes two people. And so in early on, I kind of, you know, and that's when I started hiring coaches and getting involved in the coaching industry. And and my life started to change. And I had no idea where this would ultimately take me, but I did know that like that, that, I mean, you could call it awakening, enlightenment being born again, but like it all happened in that moment. And I was just like, okay, I I guess I'm just going to go to bed. And, you know, I had mentors and sponsors and stuff like that at that time. And yeah, I stopped reacting, you know, Mm -hmm. when I went through a divorce, I was in the court systems for two years. That's another brutal place for men. Because oftentimes they get stuck in a box and they get told what to do. And the court system essentially becomes the father figure of the household. And you are no longer in control. And talk about dealing with some like anger. Like I've had thoughts of like, you know, I want to blow up the fucking courthouse because like I'm having someone tell me what to do with my kids. And in a divine family, the, the father is the king. And there is no one above him except for God. And so that was something that I literally, it was like training in living in the world and not showing up in destructive ways and rebellion and all those different things. But the thoughts of like people not living anymore and the court system and the ex-wife and that whole thing, it was just like, whoa, like this is a lot. And I really had to train because there's something primal when it comes to your kids and your family and not having any control and being in a system that is actually designed to keep men out of their natural state. Because if a man are in the natural state, they're Kings and they can't be controlled or manipulated. Yeah. And so I knew that. And I also knew that I was being trained at a level that most people I think a lot of people get dragged into it, but aren't really willing or ready or have the tool set or whatever to really su- suppress and they become victims in, in the process. And, and you're talking about in the court system. Yeah. 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 And they just complain about the X complain about the court system. Instead of using, I used it as a training ground. Hmm. At that point, I was far enough in my journey and I was listening to spirit that was telling me this, this is an initiation. This is, I'm training. Yes, it is wrong. These things are fucked up. And how can I use it for my evolution? 
Mm. Mm. I love that. And, and, and that's when I started like really understanding and getting that, like, this is a process of ultimately using the negative things, the reality that you create and transmuting it into the reality that you really want. And that's for us to expand and grow and become closer to God, your higher self, spirit, source, whatever you want to frame it as. And so um, I can start breaking down the four different levels. And so really for that first 20 years, I was suppressed. I would suppress it and it would just explode, create destruction. And then that was just on repeat. It was like the merry-go-round for two decades. And then when I kind of went more on the spiritual path, there, there, there was a part that was what, you know, you've talked about spiritual bypassing, right? Where you, you can see the anger and you, you are suppressing it in some way, but you can see it and it, you like can meditate it away, even though it's still there, it's, but you're constantly doing the work to maintain it. And you see this a lot in like, you know, doing yoga, exercise, all the different things, which which are great tools. It's part of doing the work and you've got to do that. And at the same time, it's not fully healed at the same level because like it needs to be really moved and you can do it through those things, but it also requires work to do that. Yeah. And, but the difference between being suppressed and bypassed is that that suppressed is largely you're just unconscious of it. And you're really caught in the pattern with, with the, 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 the bypassed, you're, you're seeing it, but you're just kind of like, I'm just going to put this over there. It's there and maybe I'll meditate or do yoga or whatever, but like, it's still there. And, you know, earlier we were talking about the, like the limiting beliefs and, you know, like, I feel like with the, when you're at the bypass level, it's like, I have to be the good little, you know, um, calm one, calm, cool and collected. I can see it and I, I can just hold on to it because I'm strong because I'm going to be good enough to put on a front. And really it's just a show to be that like your spiritual Christian, like um, calm, cool, collected, it's still a mask and not yeah. really revealing who you are because anger is actually a natural emotion that we all move through. Yes. And yeah, I, I, I felt kind of a lot of that. I started noticing that like when I was, I lived in Bali for two years. Um, it was two years after my awakening and then I moved to Bali and a lot of there, there's just a, in spiritual communities, there tends to be some bypassing, but it's all, again, it's no judgment. It's all part of the evolution of that. Like, Hey, like I see this thing here, but like, I'm just kind of going to go around it for now. And my life's not full of dysfunction like it was, and I can get by fine with it. And then the, the, the next stage is, and this is where there becomes more just self-acceptance and being fully expressed and, and just being who you really are. And it tends to be a more primal, just fully owning your stuff. And you see this with, with anger, with sexual freedom, with a lot of different things that are generally considered 
like wrong or bad. Mm -hmm. And, and and this is what I call the, it's the express level. And it's like, I'm going to get mad and I have some tools to meditate stuff away, but like, I'm just going to get mad and, or angry or how, whatever the thing is sex. And I'm just going to go be free and do what it is. And I'm, I'm not as concerned about the impact to others. And I feel like that's a very important because like you're exercising what's true for you. You know, it's kind of like we go from this place where everyone's telling you that like you need to be a certain way and you're kind of like, fuck you. I'm going to be whoever I am, however I am. I'm accepting myself. What's your problem? Because you've been resisting me this whole time. And now I'm, it's almost like you're just the pendulum swinging to the complete opposite side. And I think that that's a, that's an important part of being human because if you're not, you're suppressing it or bypassing it in some way. Right. And I think to fully own who you are as a person is to be okay with being whoever you are in the moment And the important thing is, and this is why it's so critical is because that you remove judgment of self. Yeah. And if you don't go through that process of, this really is all about judgment of yourself. And if you don't purge that for your system, you're going to be operating with those codes that are living inside of you. And judgment always results in suffering of some kind. And so it allows you, even though it's going to create impact in your life or other people, you might lose relationships. And I've lost, well, I don't know if I've lost relationships from being that, but I know that it hasn't helped. But at the same time, I need to be who I am and fully own myself. And there might be some cost for people that can't understand this journey and process. And I think it's also important to understand these things because then we can be more loving to the person that might be at that stage for whatever they're going through. Mm, Again, mm. you get to use that as a way to do your own work. Like where am I taking on their anger and taking it on internally and judging myself? Yeah. Also the opposite could be true. Why am I actually taking this when I shouldn't be? (laughs) It's kind of like there's collateral damage when you go through that process. And yeah, will likely lose relationships, followers, like, um, uh, like <laughs> even on social media. And I know that you know what this is like. You post what's true for you, and some people might might have a problem for that, problem with that. And so, but it's really important to be fully expressed and 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 clear and move that that judgment from your from your system, so that way you can be more integrated and. The the last one is is transmuted, and this one is where it's ultimate in service of yourself and the people you're called to serve. It could be your family, it could be your clients, or whatever. That you no longer need you don't you no longer judge yourself, and you have the emotional intelligence that you or experience that you cultivated at these different stages, because even in the bypassed and express, there's this level of knowing and how to move that energy, whether you bypass it or you express it without as much regard, but you just have a more cultivated sense of 
what to do with that energy. Yeah. And, and you become more of the observer and Mm -hmm. you're less attached to it and you're perfectly okay with like being angry. And if it, like for me today, it's like, it's very rare this happens now, but like once a year, like I might break something. And I'm just like, that's part of my like annual break <laughs> shit budget. And like, if I punch a hole in the wall or I throw some glass on the, on the whatever, and it's going to take me two hours to clean up all the glass everywhere. Then like, I'm just okay with it. But it's kind of like the, the, the paradox is, is that once you're okay with it, like I can fly off the handle. Like I don't have to fight to, to, to get permission to be angry but like mm-hmm. I can just do that and it's okay. Yeah. It's kind of like the need to do it just dissolves. Mm-hmm. But I love that. Without actually being able to go there and breaking some shit or yelling at someone, like whatever you've got to do without actually practicing it and being like, oh, okay, I can do that. And then at some point you recognize the impact that it has and you're like, okay, I can see how totally fine to be hundred percent me and fully expressed. And you know, my, it scares my partner. It scares my kids. The dog goes hides under the bed. And like, <laughs> is that really who I want to be? Yes, I can do that. And I don't know if that's the most loving thing that I want to do, but it's like, without going through each of those stages, it becomes hard to get there because you just can't jump there. And I think yeah. we're taught and conditioned that like, no, you're not supposed to get angry. You're not supposed to create impact with people and you just got to pretend it didn't happen, right? And so, but when you can go through all those stages, it's like you you really can handle anything that comes at you. And yeah. it's like these days, it's like damn near impossible to even trigger me, like in a sense where like my my emotional system is dysregulated in some ways. And it doesn't matter what they do. Um, except, I mean, if someone wants to physically harm me, that's one thing, but that's not really anger. <laughs> that's just self-defense. Right. Which but, is a difference. Right. Totally. And so, but, but I think the, 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 the biggest thing is just going through the process, identifying where you're at. So that way you can just see where you're at and then just be okay with wherever you're at. Because yeah. I think that that consciousness can't expand if you're not conscious of where you're at. But hopefully this tool will help some of you identify like, Hey, where am I at in this particular situation? And it might be different based on like work environment or relationship or with your kids. Each one can have a particular charge that might be completely different. Like, like in relationships, I think are the easiest places to get trigger or anger. And um, that's where the like, best places. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but, but there are, are also situations where there's uh, even, there's probably even a, in one way, sometimes there's, at least in my experience, there's, there's, uh, you have more freedom to express yourself inside of a relationship but it's also going to trigger a lot deeper stuff 
And now I'm just kind of using blanket statements here, not always necessarily true, but like in the corporate space, though, it may not be as deep when your boss triggers you or something or just the corporate world in general, but like there's a lot of, it's a lot harder to get anger, angry or express yourself because like, at least I always felt that no one really gives a shit how you feel and you're supposed to talk about your feelings at your job. <laughs> so... Um, and so, yeah, and another area I really noticed it was with my kids that, you know, uh, particularly with my, my oldest, who's 25 now that I, I raised him much like my dad raised me. It wasn't until the younger ones after I woke up, cause they were like four, four and six or five and seven, something like that. And so fortunately I was able to catch that. And started changing these things and these processes and helped me identify where I was at and how I was getting angry with them. And like, it's been, it's like very rarely do I really get angry with them anymore, but the, just, I could see the, 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 the stark contrast in between my oldest son and my, my two younger ones, because they were 10 years apart than the oldest was 10 years apart from my, my two younger ones. And so I was kind of able to see how a lot of that conditioning, you know, mm -hmm. just raising my kids like my dad did and how he dealt with anger and how I dealt with my, my newer kids when I was more in touch with some of these different stages and where I was at. Mm. And what a beautiful reflection too. And being able to, to see how, how you have changed and given that gift to your children. Um, so it'll, Let's just recap because I only have three. <laughs> um, so we have suppression, expression, and transmuted. Is spiritual bypassing in there? Is that was yeah, that so one of them? It's, it's suppressed, bypassed, expressed, okay. and transmuted. Okay. All right. So for the listeners, it's suppressed, bypassed, expressed, and transmuted. Yeah. Um. Hey, this is Bob. Uh, just cutting into this episode to. Uh, actually break it in half. So, of course, I let Nicole run the show and uh, she got a little long-winded, but that's okay because it was a great episode. Uh, stay tuned for next week and we will drop the second half of Nicole's interview with Stephen Love. Thanks. <laughs>